Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30, the 40, Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. It's good. It's good. Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, welcome into another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnotta, with you as always. And today, it is time to preview the upcoming season once again, this time with a guy from Pro Football Network, a guy that writes his own college football preview, Joe Broback, stopping by with us here. Make sure you guys check out his preview on his Twitter page. Just search Joe Broback. First of all, welcome to the show. And uh, my second question is, uh, why did you not vote for Sam Howe for the Davey O'Brien Trophy Award this year? I know you didn't. I don't need to see your ballot. And us here, uh, Austarial fans, are rather offended, sir. Well, I, I'm glad to be on, and uh, make no mistake about it, I, I was a big Sam Howell fan. It's just, uh, you know, we every, we all knew that he was going to take a step back uh, last year in terms of production, uh, so it was kind of tough with other guys stepping up, but uh, that doesn't mean I'm not a Sam Howell fan. Uh, but I do deserve some grief for that. Yeah, I don't even know if I would have put him at the top of the ballot, unfortunately, last year. But look, one of the main storylines for the Tar Heels heading into this year, and and first of all, the reason that we are having you on is you do have this amazing college football preview that is currently up. Uh, You've got it on your Twitter page, at Joe Broback uh, on on Twitter. And, you know, it's it's an in-depth 
uh, version, uh, you know, uh, for for fans that are looking for previews of every single team around the country. And, you know, one of the main things when you talk and write about this Tar Heel team in the preseason is that they do have to find a new starting quarterback. And in your preview, you go with Drake May as the guy that is going to be the Tar Heel starter this year. So, first of all, why would why do you think Drake May is the guy that sort of pulls ahead in that competition, one that right now seems to be really pretty closely contested between him and Jacoby Criswell? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely a close race for sure. I don't think I necessarily think that uh, Drake May is way ahead of Criswell by any means. I think that they both bring different skill sets to the offense. May is kind of more what we saw with Sam Howell uh, in terms of passing, but Criswell has a good arm too and brings a little bit more athleticism to the table. I, I think that's going to be a two-quarterback system. I know people usually don't like that, but – both guys are very talented. I just gave the nod to May. I think that from what I've seen so far and everything that I read, it feels like he has the edge right now, but I don't think that it's a big margin by any means. Well, and the other question is, is that, you know, look, for Carolina to have success, it, it, it feels like they are going to have to have some production from that quarterback position, and it'll probably have to start relatively early out of the gate with that weak but for them, week two, but technically week one matchup against App State. You know, what do you feel like confidence level wise that this team can sort of find that solution and, and, and find it quickly? Do you trust Villongo to find that guy? Yeah, I do. I think that Ed Phil's done a good job. Even with Sam Howell, too, you saw the development. Even though Howell was a very talented player, you saw that Phil brought something to the table in terms of getting him to be a better quarterback, uh, be a more a complete, well-rounded quarterback. And App State's no, no joke. I mean, they're not on the level of North Carolina, and that's what North Carolina needs to prove. Uh, so I think it's, it's going to be a tough test for the Tar Heels in week one, but I think it's going to be good for both quarterbacks to see uh, kind of something that is going to test them in terms of can they take care of the football and can they elevate their game, elevate the offense to a level that reminds people what Sam Howell was doing uh, and what that offense was looking like. So I don't think it's a bad thing to have App State. I think that actually helps you kind of determine who's actually going to be your starter. Uh, Maybe, yeah, hopefully they're up for the task because I think that if they both step up, that just means that you have two guys that are worthy to start. But if anything, if one of them kind of falls behind or struggles in that game, the other one thrives, then you kind of have your answer. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, we're, we're hoping, I'm assuming that we can find an answer uh, on August 27th, but Florida A&M, don't really know if that's the opponent that's going to help you to do that. Now, one of the big keys is that the, the, the they need help. Whoever it is needs help from the guys around them. Last year, you know, look, you had Josh Downs, who was phenomenal, and I think right now there is a national buzz about him, and for good reason. But outside of that, there wasn't really a lot of consistency with the other weapons that Carolina had, both out of the backfield and at wide receiver when you look at that group that's there this season, do you have more confidence that they're going to be able to find those guys that can step up and help either Drake May or Jacoby Criswell? Yeah, I think definitely. Like I said before, you knew that North Carolina was going to take a step back. You don't just lose four 1,000-yard players 
and replicate that uh, on a consistent basis. Nobody really does that. Not even like the Alabamas of the world can do that. So we all knew that the offense was going to take a step back. And it was more just kind of a learning year for North Carolina and for really the rest of the offense. And I think that this year you look at Brooks and Jones in the backfield. That's going to be a solid duo now that they've had, you know, some experience under their belt and they actually got starting experience uh, coming up in 2022. That'll be a new thing for them to learn. But I, I like the talent they have there now that Ty Chandler's gone. And like you said, Josh Downs is phenomenal. He's an incredible talent. He's not the biggest receiver, so he's only he's kind of limited in terms of what he can do in in terms of you know his size. But he's going to get open. It doesn't matter. A fifty fifty balls aren't going to be something you throw towards his way. Uh, you're not going to expect him to win any jump balls. But this dude can dominate pretty much in every other way. So you don't really have to worry about that. I think Antoine Green is a guy to pay attention to. Uh, he's going to be fun to watch. I like what I thought him last year. And then everybody's kind of raving about Andre Green Jr. coming in. And I think that, you know, we saw uh, it was going to be, like I said, a transition time. And that means you're probably going to stumble for a little bit. But towards the end, it felt like they were kind of getting their footing. And now that they have a full year of experience under the belt and have a couple new guys coming in, I think this is going to be a fun group to watch. Maybe not back to what it was two years ago, but definitely better than it was last year. Well, another unit that needs to help them is that offensive line unit. They get a new coach in there in Jack McNell Jr., who comes over from Louisville, has a bunch of experience from other schools in the past. What do you think about that offensive line's chances to sort of take a step forward this season and at least have a better showing than they did a year ago? Yeah, I, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of moving parts. Even if you put Zach Rice, the incoming freshman, the, the five-star, if you put him in the mix too, there's going to be a learning curve with that anytime you have a new player coming in on the offensive line. There's not a ton of players that can just come in as a freshman and start, but I think that he has the talent to do that. And with a new quarterback, having a good offensive line is going to help their development, help their confidence quite a bit. Because like you said, that first game is against App State, and that front seven is very talented for them, for the Mountaineers. And they will get after the quarterback if your offensive line isn't up to the task. So I think that they can take a step forward with the talent they have returning. Uh, but I think that there's going to be some bumps along the road, at least early on. And if they're able to figure that out, I think that the quarterback position will also follow in their footsteps. Well, let's go over to the defensive side of the football. And look, there's a lot of talent here, but it feels like Carolina's kind of been building that talent for the last couple of years. And last year was admittedly a step back for this defense. Why do you feel so confident that this is the year that this defense sort of takes that step forward? Is it Gene Chizik or is there another reason? I think Chizik has something to do with it, but I, I just think the experience that they have returning is huge. Uh, now, it's one thing to have the talent, and there's one thing to have the experience, but I think that Carolina has a little bit of both. And you look at even the front seven. Like, Miles Murphy is one of the most underrated defensive tackles in college football. If you haven't watched him, I highly recommend it. Kamon Rucker is going to be – I think he's going to be a beast on the edge. I, I like a lot what I've seen from him on film, at least from last year. And just even the experience that they have, returning uh, in the secondary. Tony Grimes is one of my favorite college football players. I think that he can return to his peak form that we saw when he was a freshman. And, you know, Storm Duck's a great name, one of the best in college football. He's a talented player as well. I think it's just that they have the experience. And I think a lot of guys, North Carolina's kind of still getting over this, like they're still a basketball school 
and they can't really play football. And Mac Brown's changed that, but it's not going to just change overnight. It's not going to take one or two years. It's still going to take some time. But I think the perception is that, you know, we're starting to see more four and five star type talent go to this program. And it's going to take some time for the rest of college football, the casual fan to kind of admit that, Hey, these are talented guys and they have the experience. So I think that combination is the reason why I'm so high on this defense. Well, one of the other guys that I think could make an impact here, and you seem to be pretty high on him as well, is the transfer from Virginia, uh, who you have listed here as an edge rusher and Noah Taylor. He's going to play what they call the jack position. Why do you like you know Noah Taylor so much, and, and do you think that he is exactly the fit that Carolina is looking for uh, in this Gene Shizik defense? Yeah, I think you mentioned it, just a versatile player for them. And and you're seeing that more now, even like you look at Alabama's Will Anderson. He's technically a linebacker, but they like to put him on the edge. Uh, but he can play, you know, as an outside linebacker, drop in space and whatnot. And that's kind of the new weapon uh, on defense is finding a guy that can get after the quarterback on those passing situations, make life difficult for, you know, the offensive tackles that they're facing but also be able to drop back in coverage and, you know, get your guys in the right position. Linebacker is such an important position to be able to have good players at, at and whatnot. So it's really interesting to see how he's going to fit, but I like what he brings to the table just talent-wise. And, you know, you look at what Chizik's been able to do, and I like that the fit of, you know, his scheme with Noah Taylor. Noah Taylor's a proven player uh, with the talent to play on that edge. Um, but also, if they need to move him around, he's capable of doing that as well. So when you look at this schedule for Carolina, it's definitely a, a relatively tough one. I feel like last year, it felt like Carolina was kind of in position to take advantage of the schedule. This year, I think it's probably looking a little bit tougher than a year ago, but uh, you still have Carolina projected at 8.1 wins, and I saw you kind of trying to sort of explain this to somebody. So when it comes to reading the projected wins and how you're projecting them this season, h- how do you go about projecting the, the win totals for teams? I think projecting is hard if you don't have like your own spreadsheet and whatnot. So I pretty much went off of what ESPN's FPI actually said um, that wasn't really my projection. I, I kind of think that that's a good projection for them. Uh, it's going to be interesting because, you know, the ACC is kind of volatile right now. You've seen someone from the Coastal, a different team, kind of emerge as the top team and compete in the conference championship. But that also means that it, it's really up for grabs every single year. And, you know, we look at the schedule they have this year, there's quite a few teams that, I think are going to be competing for a conference championship, but you know, that also means that we're getting a team like North Carolina, that there's a couple places that they have some relative unknown in terms of players, but that also means that if those guys step up, this is a team that's going to compete for that. So when it comes to the ACC coastal, the most interesting part that I found, first of all, reading through is that you have Carolina ranked as the eighth best team in the ACC. Now, most people would say, okay, well, that means he's probably got Carolina ranked pretty low in the Coastal. Not really. You have Carolina as the third best team in the Coastal behind Miami and Pitt. The ACC Atlantic is loaded, but 
even with Miami and Pitt, it still feels like there are some flaws. You know, first-year head coach out at Miami, there's still some things that may have to be worked out there. And for Pitt, they lose a guy in Kenny Pickett that's not going to be easy to replace, along with the wide receiver Jordan Addison. So, you know, do you think that Carolina has a legitimate shot this year if enough things were to go right to win the Coastal? Or is this still a team that maybe you look at as a year or two away? Oh, for sure. I think that we, we talked about those couple pieces. Quarterback specifically is probably the biggest one. If Drake May or Jacoby Criswell are able to step up and be that guy. I mean, you look at Kenny Pickett two years ago. Kenny Pickett was not anything elite by any means. I mean, this is a guy who was really kind of middle of college football in terms of top quarterbacks in the country. Uh, Jordan Addison wasn't really a guy that we were talking about as one of the top receivers. So they were kind of a relative unknown last year. And like you mentioned, both of them are gone. So Keaton Slovis comes in at Pitt and I think has the talent to be just as good as Kenny Pickett was, but he has to prove that. And then obviously Addison is gone, so they have to find a new receiver. Miami just hammered the transfer portal, and there's no guarantee that you're going to get every single one of those players to step up and play really well and be proven commodities. So I think that there's definitely still the volatility that I was talking about before. And, you know, like I said, if you get a quarterback to step up with the talent that's on this roster and the uh, defense is what I think it is, then, yeah, for sure, this is definitely a team that will be competing for a conference championship. They have the talent to do it, and they're in the right division where there's really unknowns with every single program in that division. So I think North Carolina is definitely right up there with the rest of them. So last thing that we'll ask you here, Jason, uh, or excuse, uh, last thing that we'll ask you here, Joe, uh, is you dedicated this to uh, a guy, this year's addition to a guy named Jason McDowell. Uh, tell me a little bit about him and why you felt like it, it was important to dedicate uh, what is your third year writing this college football preview uh, to a guy that you were uh, really good friends with. Yeah, so I actually met Jason uh about a year and a half ago, I believe. And uh, he ran a Florida State podcast and just was a college football fan in general. And I think in today's age with college football or just sports, you, you find a lot of guys uh, and who are passionate about their team, but that also means they're kind of hostile towards everybody else. Don't really, you know, entertain other opinions of programs and whatnot. Uh, but Jason was just a guy who loved the sport in general. It was just that he enjoyed Saturdays, whether it was Florida State or anybody else. And you don't really find that a lot. I think everybody's all about pushing their opinion and pushing kind of what they think uh, and nobody else is right. And you don't find a lot of people that enjoy the game as much as Jason did. And unfortunately, last year he passed away. Um, and I, you know, I only knew him a year and a half, but it was because of that bond we share of just loving the game so much, uh, just in general, it felt like I grew closer to him in such a short period of time. And I know that he loved, uh, just talking about college football. He, he loved my preview that I put out. Uh, and I, I'm sad that he can't read this third version or any version going forward, but I, I felt that it was right to dedicate something to someone who loved the game as much as I did. Head out, head over to his Twitter page, guys, at Joe Broback on Twitter. 
Uh, you can check it out. Uh, all his content from uh, Pro Football Network. That's where uh, he writes for, uh, writes college football for them. Voter for the Davey O'Brien Trophy. And also make sure you check out his YouTube page. But on the Twitter page, pinned to the top of that page, is his preview for this season. So please make sure you guys go and check that out. Hey, Joe, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, great stuff and uh, just a, a real great story there at the end of a guy that I think is just like all of us. Loves college football, loves his team the most, though, um, and is uh, really just enjoying it. And uh, I really, I got to say, I really enjoyed your preview, man. I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of different publications that do this nowadays, but reading yours, um, I thought you did a sensational job, and I'm uh, excited to add this to my preseason repertoire. And uh, hopefully, uh, we can get some people here on the uh, Tar Heel side of things that'll be able to add it to theirs as well. I appreciate that. All right, buddy. You take care. Thank you for stopping by with us, and uh, hopefully we can talk to you again this time next year, all right? All right. Thank you. All right, man. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. I know there's a lot of you that are Braves fans. Go and bet on the Braves and their upcoming series on DraftKings Sportsbook. I know I'll be doing the same for my New York Mets. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for detail. So we want to thank Joe Broback for stopping by with us. Again, make sure you head over to his Twitter page and check it out. He's got that link in his pinned tweet. You don't want to miss any of that great preview for the upcoming season. A little more condensed than some of the other guys that we're talking to, Phil Steele, Brett Ciencia. So make sure that you guys, if you're looking for sort of a quicker recap of you know kind of what to expect with these teams, you go and check that out. Uh, over on his page. Uh, make sure you head over to our page as well, HeelToughBlog.com. Check out all the great stuff that we've got up there. Of course, we're keeping you updated on everything that's going on with Tar Heel Recruiting, but at the same time, we are getting you prepared for the upcoming season. We're going to have all those great articles that you guys love leading into camp, the battles to watch, the players to watch. Once we get in camp, we'll, of course, have the updates, but at the same time, we'll be doing the position previews where we go in-depth and look at each position group, tell you what to expect, uh, give you a look at every single player in those position groups and the impact that we think that they will have in the 2022 season. And then right before the season starts, it's those articles that you guys get behind and you love so much. It's the breakout players uh, that we think will you know, have huge seasons for the Tar Heels this upcoming year and the bold predictions. And of course, we turn those into podcasts as well. We want to hear Every you know your thoughts on those. Who are your breakout players? Who are you know? What are some of your bold predictions for this upcoming season? All that great stuff. So everything sort of ties together as we get you set for a huge season for Tar Heel football in 2022. 
with the program at a crossroads. We're going to have you covered from start to finish, no matter what, on the Heel Tough blog website. And you can find everything on the Heel Tough blog Facebook page. Just search Heel Tough blog on Facebook. It'll bring up uh, the page whenever you get there. Like, follow the page. So you don't want to miss any of the uh, you know podcast editions. We've got the video editions of the podcast that are potentially on the horizon. And, of course, every article is located on that page. You can also head over to the Twitter page, at Blog on Twitter. Check that out. And also, while you're on Twitter, check out our personal pages, at HTBAnthony for me, at HTB underscore Josh for Josh Marlowe, and at HackZubber2 for Zach Hubbard. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you're a listener. Uh, you don't want to miss any of the additions that we have coming up. We still have uh, a couple of more guests that we're hoping to get on here over the next couple of weeks, hoping that we can get uh, Brett Ciencia on from Pick 6 Previews, also hoping that we can maybe get another guy or two nationally on before the season starts. And we have a great interview with former Tar Heel defensive back, now a guy that coaches in the state of North Carolina at the high school level and coaches a guy that the Tar Heels just landed in the 2023 class, Tyler Thompson out at Panther Creek High School. Sean Crocker, you won't want to miss that edition of the podcast coming up. And the best way to make sure you don't miss it, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. want to thank Joe Broback for stopping by with us. want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels!